Welcome to Never Too Serious with Scott and Dave. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. So, in the news, we got the trucker protests. Oh, I know. Those Canadians are freaking <laughs> acting out. Yeah, up there in Canada. I thought they were all just super nice and, you know, caring, and maybe they are caring, huh? Don't you think that Canadians typically are some of the most friendly people? Yeah, that's... that. That's what they say, anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I haven't gone to Canada in some time, mm-hmm. so I, I do remember when I was younger when I went to Canada for a little bit, and I, I remember getting cussed out. <laughs> I might have they call it, you a hoser. <laughs> I might have had it coming though, but no, no, they typically are. In fact, you know, I'm not saying that they don't react or anything, but it seems like that if people react it's more on this side of the border than that Mm -hmm. side of the border Mm -hmm. so it was kind of neat to see uh it's sad because they had to get pushed to a place to to protest like that but yeah so Mm -hmm. so why don't you tell everybody what what they're doing in canada well so the truckers basically had some sort of mandate come down and say you, you can't even come into the country unless you've been vaccinated and that's kind of how it started, but really, they're just really tired of all the all the mandates, right? You know, right. All, all the COVID restrictions, and you know, these truckers are kind of the, you know, arteries and veins of of the economy. Sure, yeah. and they finally got to a point where they're just like, no more. Well, they they, you know, I think they kind of already knew, but you know, that they have an ability to make a difference and uh boy when they come together and do something they do it don't they yeah they absolutely well they they started it in on january 29th in ottawa and which is like their capital you know and i think actually i was there a few years back and it's a pretty cool looking it kind of reminds me of like you know england is that right <laughs> yeah i mean like some of the architecture is really really cool but uh but you know there's also um this you know, Canadian, like French Canadian influence in that same area. And it's kind of a, it's, it's a neat, it's a neat town, but what's happening right now is just that things have been locked down so much that these, these poor truckers, uh, just got fed up. Right. (laughs) Got sick of it. And it seemed like that everybody, uh, joined in. I heard it was a certain group that, Mm -hmm. you know, started it and, you know, they joined in and boy, they could gridlock some stuff with, uh, I mean, you remember smoking the bandit, right? <laughs> That's yeah. when I knew the truckers had some pull, <laughs> you know. And you know, mm. something does have to be done. And they're so—I don't know. It, it, I think I think the 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 panic that they have over this is because it it's working. Oh, you know? sure. And but it seems like this is so evil, so immoral. <laughs> But not like how, you know, people in our local, in our, our country, in, I'm sorry, in our state, how they protest, they start stuff on fire, tear down everything. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's approved. You know, that's not a big deal. But, you know, some truckers do a peaceful protest and, you know, you can't have that, you know. Well, it's true that it's not violent, although um, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, is really describing it as this really big like insurrection, you know, that's the the term that's been kind of floating. In fact, I have a, a video montage of, of people calling it an insurrection. Oh, is that you right? want, actually, you want Let's to see, see it? it? Yeah. Some of the organizers of this protest, which, as I mentioned, started more than a week ago, they do want to overthrow the government. Canadian officials calling the situation a, quote, nationwide insurrection. The police chief says COVID protests are a, quote, nationwide insurrection driven by madness. A nationwide insurrection driven by madness. Just think of the language. I know it sounds familiar to you, right? A threat to democracy, an insurrection, sedition. The police say that they are under-resourced and they are overwhelmed. They have said that this city is under siege. It's not just truckers. There's a lot of, I've I've heard there's QAnon supporters in the crowd. Residents that I have spoken to who say they feel terrorized, intimidated. It's a cult. (laughs) What cracks me up is just that, oh. you know, the, the these, you know, left-leaning news organizations, they, they use this verbiage, you know, like it's yeah. a marketing campaign. Right. And they use, the, it's like they're all the same network. Because <laughs> they use, like, they have the same writers, the same, mm-hmm. you know, they, that's how they, that's how they uh, paint a picture for everybody and the sheep will swallow it up. Yeah. Well, if you, if you look at actually the news 
coverage of it. It's so funny. Do you remember the videos that, that were taken by CNN and in the background was you know, like everything was on fire? And then the CNN reporter says, it's basically, you know, it's a it's a civil, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like not, not much <laughs> was going on here. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember his exact words, but, you know, he made made it seem like it wasn't that big of a no, deal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you look at the, these truckers and, yeah, they're being noisy. And and their vehicles are just sitting there, right? But you can see there's no violence. There was a sign that nobody was even holding, <laughs> you know. But that you know they have their their families with them, their kids with them, right. and you know they're it's relatively it's peaceful. Well, and and they're just saying they want freedom. Yeah, stop with the you lockdowns. Know, they're not like rocking around with firearms and shooting them up in the air and mm-hmm. Molotov know. cocktails. Yeah, <laughs> it's nothing like. Um, I don't know what we've seen in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this is this is a Canadian's way to get violent. I guess. <laughs> I yeah. guess. I guess that might be their angle. Is that for the Canadians? This is outrageous. Mm-hmm. Which it kind of is, but not in a violent way that they're trying to portray it. Well, I just think it's it's ironic that the truckers are now giving kind of the government what they've been dealing out, right? You know, because the, the truckers are creating restrictions. There's restricted flow of of commerce now mm-hmm. because they're just they're just sitting there, and that's exactly what the government did to them. Is they basically said, you know, we're going to shut everything down in the name of of public health, right? And um, and now the truckers are kind of doing it in reverse. How does it feel, government? Yeah, <laughs> and 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 it's a it should be a beacon so that everybody knows how much we can make a difference over on this side of the border as yeah, well. Yeah, the blue collar. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're the ones that make it go. Mm-hmm. We're just dumb enough to listen to them all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we accept so much crap all from the them sheeple. all the time, yeah. Yeah. Well, and and Justin Trudeau, he, I I don't follow a whole lot of of politics from Canada. It's just, you know, we have enough issues we here. We have enough issues, and, I agree. So I don't follow what he does, but he he's very you know left leaning when it comes to this kind of stuff sure. and and you know he's a very he's a politician yeah. you you listen to him talk and it's all emotional it's all about you know the the vulnerable and taking care of and all all this stuff that it's like pulling at your heartstrings and the reality is he's totally ignoring the fact that that it's him and his government that have been instituting right. all of these restrictions yeah yeah he's the guy that's like <laughs> they're the cause I'm, i uh, i hate racism and don't worry about my blackface <laughs> or any of that there. No, it's a different situation if I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's, he's a, I don't know, he's as weak as single-ply toilet paper, that guy. Well, okay, so you, you mentioned, you know, his, the blackface thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so he got in trouble because in his college years or something that he dressed up for a party or something in blackface, and, you know, he talks about how supportive of he, uh, he is of of, uh, you know, the gay community and, and right. minorities and that sort of thing. I actually found a funny a funny little clip of him talking about, like, comparing this this protest with his support of, of BLM. Oh, well, that's kind of, well, that's kind of ironic, because if, if you recall, when we went through all of the BLM uh, protests, there was a lot more intimidation, a lot more violence, a lot more, a lot more problems violence. than what these truckers are are experiencing. Yeah, so that's the difference between um, protesting with people that have jobs and people that don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. I have attended protests and rallies in the past uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. But I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that have expressed hateful rhetoric, <laughs> violence towards fellow citizens, <laughs> oh, uh, oh and a disrespect, uh, not just of science, but of <laughs> uh, the frontline health workers and, quite frankly, the 90% of truckers who have been doing the right thing to keep Canadians safe, to put food on our tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canadians know where I stand. This is a moment for yeah, responsible leaders stand, to think bud. carefully mm-hmm. about where they stand and who they stand with. I wonder yeah. if he dresses up when he goes to help out or to <laughs> protest with the BLM. <laughs> he can blend in. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it, it, it cracks me up because he's saying that these protests are just so violent and, you know, I, I don't see the violence. Um, they, it, but I hear... Get, this could get really bad if they wanted to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All these people could make a hell of a different, um, 
a different ring to the in the in the in the sound of what they're doing if they just chose to do it mm-hmm. and they're not and you know there's some people out there that are like you know if you're going to say that's what we're doing we'll show you what it's like you know and but they're not and guess what it's just it's it's more effective than burning down buildings more effective than you know well doing what you know BLM or or uh, Antifa mm-hmm. has done well you know their big push was was defunding the police you know because there was evidently systemic racism in in the police departments and they were targeting black people which the the stats don't don't uh, I know back that, up. that's really worked out for them hasn't yeah. it yeah um but there was a lot of violence and there was a lot of talk of, i mean even CNN reporters were you know talking heads were talking about yeah it, it's okay to you know, be violent oh. to get your point across. Oh yeah, what are you talking about? Uh, I, I could be wrong, but I thought Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Harris <laughs> even was, you know, supporting them. Like, like you know. Oh, she bailed, or she paid for, I think, um, or donated to a fund to bail them out. Bail them out, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're supporting the violence. So, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, uh, and and they even said, if you see somebody that's a, you know, essentially a Trump. Trump supporter, you know, you, you get up in their face, you know, you get provo- pro- yeah. provoking violence, mm-hmm. but you know what? They just want to call something, something else just so they could, uh, well, because ha- honestly, because half of the population is going to believe them, <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate, but people could look with their own eyes and not see what it really is. Yep. It's it's pretty sad. Well, the it, what's interesting is the the the, the tone from uh, news agencies and the government. The, I have got a clip here of Trudeau basically tra- talking about the government's uh, not supposed to enforce the law, but he describes his ability to um, encourage <laughs> uh, law enforcement to do their job. This morning, I had a direct call with President Biden to talk about our shared challenges at the border. That must have been fun. I updated him on the situation, <laughs> particularly in Windsor. We discussed the American and indeed global influences on the protest. We talked about the U.S.-based flooding of the 911 phone lines in Ottawa, the presence of U.S. citizens in the blockades, and the impact of foreign money to fund this illegal activity. President Biden and I both agree that for the security of people and the economy, these blockades cannot continue. So make no mistake, the border cannot and will not remain closed. I want to remind everyone Mm -hmm. that politicians don't direct police in a democratic society, but I can assure you (laughs) that the RCMP is working with provincial and local police departments to enforce the law. <laughs> uh, you know, government, uh, you know, we, we don't enforce these things. We but... don't enforce things, but <laughs> we might have some kind of influence. We're not going to say what. Yeah, that's right. Gosh. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and ha- here's, here's, maybe goes along with this is, you know, people were bringing down fuel and I think even oh, yeah. food and, mm-hmm. and they're arresting those people trying to help out the truckers. So, you know, so nice that the police are always and it's too bad because everybody just says i'm just doing my job but they're doing it for the police too Mm -hmm. and here they're arresting it's time everybody just just turn around and say you know what we are all going to support this we're all going to support this one thing and just knock your crap off you know he was talking well a lot of folks are talking about this being just such a, a small minority of the population that's upset with all the man the mandates and all this I, I just find that as bs if you look at the video footage of of these trucker protests we're talking a massive amount of people and a massive right. number of vehicles they they have drone flyover footage of of these different areas and there are so many people it's amazing how many streets are just gridlocked right. and people are walking around and holding signs and you know talking and and um you know like talking to reporters and you know each other it's just it, to me it's like watching a country come together right it doesn't to me it's because like a block party yeah like a, very good yeah 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 very good i i think it's I think very much a like lot that. of people that i see i know that they're all angry about something but they've 
and maybe this is also the Canadian way too, but um, they all seem very happy, <laughs> you know, because they see each other coming together. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like, you know, it's not like the mob mentality. They all getting together and feeling uplifted, not dark and what are we going to do now? You know, let's, let's start throwing rocks and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but well, that's how it really, ha that's all it really has to be is and, to make, literally take, take a stand. And this has been going on for weeks. And even if you think about like the BLM uh, and Antifa rioting, it was as soon as the the sun went down, it was chaos. I mean, even during the day, there was some chaos, but really, most of the action was at nighttime. Right. And this has been going on for a couple of weeks, and these trucks haven't moved. It's not like they're going home and then coming back. You know, they're really they're staying there. Right. And and it's been peaceful. I wonder what Trudeau is going to have to go. You know call up the local, tr um, uh, uh, what are the, the tow truck people? And they're like, oh. um, <laughs> we're actually in the gridlock. Good luck getting us to tow these guys out of here because, uh, we're here. <laughs> mm, yeah. We're, we're actually supporting them right. to be honest. Um, I did see a newspaper article that, that talked about, you know, why can't you just get rid of, you know, get, get these tow trucks to come in and, and pull them out. And the reality is, is a lot of those tow truck drivers are truck, drivers and they also agree they're citizens <laughs> they actually agree with the yeah. their points um there's a a, a person uh, juliet uh, cam she tweeted out something that was interesting that uh, it caught my eye because um people were so you know the the news organizations were so angry and calling this an insurrection and and she says the the convoy convoy protests applauded by the right-wing media oh my gosh mm -hmm. as a freedom protest is an economic and security issue now the ambassador bridge link con constitutes 28 percent of the annual trade movement between the u.s and canada she goes on she says slash the tires empty the gas tanks and arrest the drivers and move the trucks <laughs> well how about don't slash the tires and empty the gas tanks mm -hmm. might be easier to move them if you That's don't right. do that you idiot <laughs> you idiot uh, yeah isn't that because, something? Because, in fact, if they arrest them, what they need to do is empty the gas tanks and then flatten the tires <laughs> so they, they'll stay there. <laughs> oh, yeah. These people have the greatest ideas, don't they? It's, yeah. And, it, well, and she says that she's, this thing is applauded by the right-wing media. Well, to be honest, you know, the right-wing media is, is all about freedom. You know, get the government out of this. Let's, you Thank know, most you. citizens actually would prefer to have more freedom, but then the government has tricked them into thinking that they need to give up their rights in order to have freedom. Right. And over what? <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. You know, is it was it worth it? Mm -hmm. I have another uh, clip from Trudeau. He's talking about the, um, you know, kind of like trying to intimidate the population and saying, you know, what you're doing is illegal and you're going to, be fined and and <laughs> you can tell these people they just don't they don't care because well they've been doing this thing for two weeks anyway right right if you joined the protests because you're tired of covid you now need to understand you're breaking laws the consequences are becoming more and more severe you don't end up losing your license end up with a criminal record, which will impact your job, your livelihood, even your ability to travel internationally, including to the U.S. I think they're already willing to risk that there, genius. Mm -hmm. Right? It's worth it to get the freedom. Does he not get it? In mm -hmm. other words, sell out. Sell out so we could be in control of you. Come on. Well, how desperate do you have to be to go, you know, out on, you know, some press conference like this and threaten your right. po the population the people who you're supposed to be taking care of that's you know. right how about <laughs> how about uh go down there go check it out see what you could help go mm. literally talk to people because if he goes and and uh watches the news you know he's going to be um getting a certain narrative mm -hmm. you know uh a while back we were talking about the lockdowns in australia and i didn't realize that canada was very similar you know maybe minus the covid camps that was kind of a big deal. Yeah. But I guess Canada is one of the most locked down countries. But, you know, what's interesting about Trudeau is that he he recently contracted uh, COVID. Oh. And his mandates, is all, they're all about 
you know, locking things down, making sure that everyone is vaccinated. He, he claims that nearly 90% of the population is vaccinated and that they're happy to be vaccinated and all this stuff. And, you know, we obviously know that science says that if you're vaccinated, you can still catch it and still um, transmit it. And, die. and <laughs> yeah, and I. And so what what he he's arguing, the timing is so kind of ironic because he catches COVID during this little <laughs> phase. <laughs> you well, know. everything you need to know is out there you know we're not going to go over all of it but you can make up your own minds we don't need these fools telling us something that we don't we telling us something different than what we already know Mm -hmm. i mean well everyone this is a great model for the rest of the world in that by the way if if you if you piss off your population enough they'll find ways to stick it back right. you know, to you. Right. Um, I I am curious to know when this is all over, because it will end, you know, mm-hmm. um, what they're going to do to the people, you know. What, I mean, just like the January 6th non-insurrection mm-hmm. that happened in the U.S., um, they're still in jail mm-hmm. over an... I don't, I don't even think it was a violent... Yeah, no one was charged you know, with with uh, what sedition or insurrection, uh, you know. And and uh, I just have a feeling that you know they're going to probably hold them like uh, in you know some military prison, you know, for being you know uh, I don't know what you call it terrorists to their country or uh-huh. something. You know what I mean? But then if they do that to all those truckers, they're like, well, crap, how are we going to get the truckers moving again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, yeah, think about it. All, all those people are really key people in the economy. And, and also with trade between the U.S. And, and Canada. Well, and other places because, you know, we're also connected to, to Mexico. But the, the trade is so important. The, the truckers, they touch just about everything. Right. And you put those folks in prison or or find them, or do something to get them fired. It might actually still help their cause, because the truckers still won't be moving. Yeah. I mean, it might not be blocking anything, but um, it's yeah. still going to be... Talk about supply creeping, chain right. issues. Yeah. Go ahead, government. Let, I mean, let's, let's see you make it even worse. I have to say that um, how about, even if you disagree with you know what they're protesting, hats off to them for finding a nonviolent way to make a stand instead of just acting out like stupid little children throwing tantrums and breaking things and hurting people. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's, it, I think uh, people should remember that this is, this is how it's been going done for so many years, you know, um, not specifically like mm-hmm. that, but you know, in America, the nonviolent protests used to be, key to making a lot of major decisions mm-hmm. why people think that you could go burn down a city and then something positive is going to come up out of it mm-hmm. so i i don't know I, yeah i agree I, with you I, I think this is a this is a good model i think for other people to follow and um you know it being a non-violent thing um why shouldn't other people realize come to the, the you know the conclusion that there are some key people in the u.s that or in other countries that could come out in protest and actually have an impact, just like all these truckers. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, it seems like that there's a lot of mandates starting to come down, and so for them to keep pushing this so hard right now is kind of odd. You know, why? It's just I, it's, I can't help it. Yeah. I, it's just just the control yeah. for them. You know, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about. I know you don't want to talk about COVID, but I want to talk a little bit about COVID because there was a new study that came out from Ooh. Johns Hopkins University. All right. Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back. Dave and I appreciate you listening to the show. Please take a moment and write a review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser.com. And since Spotify doesn't currently have reviews, simply telling your friends about the show would be great too. Also, you can always reach out to us at our website, nevertoserious.com, or via our socials at the NTS Podcast. And seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, thanks again for listening to the show. Okay, we are back. So we were talking about COVID and the truckers, and there's this now now kind of like a... It's not, it's not really like an individual study from Johns Hopkins. They actually gathered 
I don't know, hundreds, maybe a thousand different studies from the around the world. And they aggregated them together and then figured out based on those studies and John Hawk the impact. They're of COVID. they're a reputable yeah. entity. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. So what they if they come out with something that it's worth listening to, I I would imagine. And and to be fair, mm-hmm. I don't even know what you're gonna come and say. So come out and say. <laughs> so I will say that that uh well I'm very interested to see what they what you're going to tell me. I um I found a, a clip. It's interesting. That it's the it's from the Donlin report, and Joe Donlin actually used to be a Portland. Uh, I don't even because I, I don't watch you know. Oh my gosh. he's gotten older. Yes, <laughs> a I gray. do recognize him. Yeah, yeah, he was a Portland uh, a newscaster, and I don't even know if he's doing Portland stuff anymore. But uh, mm. it was kind of neat to see that you know something from my wow my youth. <laughs> anyway, so he's got this doctor on, and he just basically is describing what this Johns Hopkins uh, study is. I'll, I'll, they would explain it better than I do. All right, great. Well, thank you for having me on. And first of all, this was a very comprehensive study. And just to be clear, it wasn't a study in and of itself, but it was a very scientific, rigorous review yeah. of the entire literature, all the studies published worldwide since the beginning of the pandemic. It was done very systematically, and you're right. What they showed was that lockdowns didn't really matter much to COVID-19 mortality. But let me just nuance this a little bit. It wasn't that the behaviors that people did didn't solve problems or, or reduce mortality. It's when you tried to force it on people. So what the study said is if you just give people the information, they will act appropriately and do the right things. But when you impose a government-enforced lockdown, you not only didn't help, but in many cases you hurt. And that's exactly what we tried to do in the Trump administration is provide people the information and let people make their individual choices for their. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. That, that really shouldn't even be a, we should, it's not something you should have to say, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to go back to this, this, this one um, slide that they, that they had. And uh, you know, those of you just listening to the podcast, we are, we show video on Spotify and on YouTube and Rumble if you guys want to catch the mm-hmm. video version. Uh, but the slide, it's basically, it says total deaths versus lives saved in the lockdown. And the Johns Hopkins report came back and said that there were about 1,700, almost 1,800 lives, according to their study, that were actually saved because of lockdowns. Uh-huh. U.S. total deaths is almost, uh, it's about, what, 884,000 deaths and only about 1700 were actually saved by lockdowns that was their estimate and and i wonder (laughs) yeah i know and i wonder if they're mostly the elderly that you know keep the you know i'm the vulnerable well some of them you know what i mean yeah some of the reports they were talking about in like bars and restaurants and that sort of thing where there was a uh in some cases those were much closer, like clubs and stuff, where people were in much closer contact. The, those lockdowns probably could have had an impact because of the proximity of everyone, and we know that it's spread by aerosol, you know, from people who are really close to each other. Yeah. And so they said that there were potentially some of those lockdowns could have provided some some safety. But what's what I find interesting, and have you been out to restaurants since all this stuff is... Yeah, because we've been yeah. out together. Yeah. And it's so interesting to see people sit down, take a mask off, and everyone in the room is maskless, eating or drinking and socializing. But the people walking from the front door to the table have to be masked. I know. And, <laughs> and you know, just people that are sitting down versus standing up, there's like a six, almost a six foot barrier there anyways, you know, <laughs> but it's, it doesn't make, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense on how, how they treat this whole COVID or what yeah. to do or what not to do just doesn't compute to me at all. Well, this study basically said the lockdowns didn't work. Right. And and this was a very comprehensive study. Like a whole bunch of studies from around the world were gathered into this. That's um I am so glad that they did this. Now, I haven't read through this study. Uh I would actually like to because I'm curious about the details. I just don't have the time to right, go through right. it. And I'm already kind of on the on the side of of this whole thing has been an absolute mess uh, for government and, and their policies. Well, and their mouthpieces like Fauci's of the world. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but here's, here's another clip from the same, um, Donlin report. 
And I think it's important because um, they this report really was centered around the mortality rate due to the lockdowns. Did it have a significant impact? And of course, it says a very, very small number. Right. But the the doctor then talks about, well, think about the mortality rate that's not included in this because of the lockdown. So the lockdown's causing yep. deaths. Way and let me just point out another subtlety. This showed that there was no real effect on COVID-19 mortality, but what it didn't look at is overall mortality. We know that when you lock down the country by mandate, cancer deaths, addiction deaths, mm. um, suicide deaths all go up. So you had no COVID-19 benefit, but you likely had a tremendous harm to the rest of the public health. And that study didn't even get into that. Right. And they're still affected by that. Oh, yeah. And, and that's even without lockdowns. It's, it's the, you know, the face coverings and, you know, the people scared about getting forced to take a vaccine, vaccine that they may not want to take. You know, there's a lot of uh, scare tactics, bullying mm-hmm. and stuff going on. Well, think about the suicide rates among uh, the youth. Yeah. It's up 50% from what I understand. It's huge. Yeah. The the number of people that were supposedly saved, you know, this little slide saying 1,700, I'm pretty sure that the increase in suicide rates has surpassed, like eliminates that. Early in the pandemic, we were talking about the solution to the pandemic can't be worse than the pandemic itself. That's right. And I think that our government leaders have screwed us over with how they handled it all. Right. And the thing is, is uh, there's a lot of smart people out there and we knew this and we knew that that was going to happen when they implemented it. And now let's just say that they didn't know. Let's give them benefit of that doubt. And now they know and they're still pushing to do it Mm -hmm. because they don't give a damn. That's it's their goal. I mean, why, why do something and force it when you know and follow the science and, um, Unless there's something sinister going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. It doesn't make sense. And you have to start uh, thinking about how to make it make sense. And it sounds like foul play to me. Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's some. Um, I think some of this was done on purpose. And some of it was just because as a lot of these politicians are just not very smart. But I think some of it was done on purpose. We. Uh, we keep talking about this quote from from Hillary Clinton about not letting a good crisis go, go to waste. waste. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think we've actually been wrong about who that came from, but <laughs> uh, I don't know who originated. She, she may. But she said she's it. probably said it. Um, well, she did for sure. Yeah, probably a repeat. Um, there's a new book out from Glenn Beck about the Great Reset, and I think we're going to do a podcast about that. Yeah, um, but we're gonna we'll have to do a lot more um, research about it. It's a huge. It's a huge thing. But in that book, he's talking about not letting a, a, a crisis go to waste. And the person who originally said it basically was talking in terms of, you know, the political leaders. This whole uh, policy about uh, COVID and the direction that they've gone about locking everything down is not letting a good crisis go to waste. And they They don't want to give it up. Think about all the power that they've been able to grab because of this crisis. Right. All the money that they've spent, handouts, the number of people who are now fighting against each other, even in their own households. Yeah. Uh, There's a, there's this idea that uh, evolution has kind of played a part in, in humans, in their ability to handle crisis and panic. And, it totally makes sense to me. If you look at most animals, when you see one animal freak out and there are other animals around them, what happens? They'll act the same. Yeah. They'll act the same. And it only gets worse. Like you see this with really skittish animals like deer, but you can still see it in, in other animals that are even more like, like, like docile, like yeah. e- even like cows, <laughs> you know, one starts to freak out and soon you might have a stampede, stampede on you. Yeah. And, Humans are very much the same same way. If we have the ability to, to think about things a little bit more reasonably, use a little bit more logic, but when panic sets in, all that goes out the window. And in evolution, the reason that it's so powerful, like this behavior for us is, more, is so powerful because it saved us. 
it allowed us to live another day and procreate because when there was a little bit of panic, we took off and our, you know, our flight instinct took over and that allowed us to come back and make babies. And turns out next generation, same reinforcement. And so we, we have a population of humans that's very, very big that still has that instinct. And COVID has done that to us. The leaders, the people like Fauci and, and uh, what's the uh, CDC director? Oh my gosh. I don't remember. I can't, I can't remember. Walensky. And these people have put this idea of panic and uncertainty and it keeps spreading and it's obvious. And when you're talking about a study now that has come out where we, not we, but Johns Hopkins took the time to go over all this data and come to the conclusion that the lockdowns really weren't, weren't effective. Right. And, you know, it's sad that they had to sit there and do all that because there's people that's been silenced that have already came out, like I said, prior to this to say, hey, this is probably not the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. And especially if they cared about herd immunity and then it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember doing? that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of uh, bizarre. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim Jordan has been uh, coming out pretty hard on Fauci lately and he's been doing a great job. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's kind of goes back to who knew what, when they knew it and what they're covering up. And this is, we all need to wake up and be in charge of ourselves and in charge of the knowledge that's out there and not wait. I mean, sure. Listen to all sides, in my opinion, and then, and then think clearly, make it, don't, don't let somebody else take away your ability to think clearly about things. Think about all the stuff that's happened in the last couple of years where families lost loved ones because, well, like they're talking about here, where suicide rates are up, uh, people who were would normally have gone into the doctor to be seen didn't because they right. had a fear of COVID, catching COVID, going into going the hospital. Uh, there have been folks who have been sick who went into the hospital, but then their loved ones were refused to, to, to be allowed in to right. even see them. People have died in the hospital alone, in nursing homes, alone because no one was allowed right. to come in. And then you can't even go to their funeral afterwards either. There you go. And in some cases, the funerals have to be so small or non-existent. And for what? Obviously, with these numbers, it was for nothing. Yep. You know, I have to say my father-in-law, he got COVID and it kicked his butt really hard. And um, he went to the hospital and my mother-in-law, she was not allowed to go in and be his advocate. Mm. And so she got essentially kicked out of the hospital, you know, and she met up with another gal whose husband was there and she wasn't allowed, she was not allowed to go and be his advocate. Well, he died. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's when you need to be there, man. I mean, and we're letting these douchebags control what we can go see or do. Or if I want to risk running into a burning building to go attempt to save somebody or to see them for the last time, it might cost my life. That's my decision. Mm-hmm. I don't need them to be telling me what is the right thing for me. Because the right thing for me is going to be different for somebody else. And that's their decision. And these guys have a really great record for showing how well they handle things, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's it's so beyond time to be done with all of this crap. All of it. You Masks, all of it. You can't get those loved ones back. Nope. It, you know, there was a, a, I'm a, of course, there's a huge economic impact to all these lockdowns. The government did it, and then they fed a whole bunch of money into the into the system as sort of a, I'm sorry, I'm, we're here to support you after they, you know, shut everything down. Some of those businesses will never come back. Some, they may come back, but now, I mean, At the entire population cost. is now, yeah, there's a huge cost literally with yes. inflation. And some of those businesses, that was the livelihood. That was the only way that certain people were able to survive. And of course there are a customer base that now won't have those those places to go and, and right. frequent. Right. And it's it's primarily not because of COVID, but primarily it's because of how the people that are in those positions like Fauci and our government that handled it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the main thing. I mean, I remember 
the you know the gyms you know uh-huh. all the people that had gyms the owners <laughs> and they they need it to stay alive and they have to pay their rent and now they're getting arrested for going to the gym and and uh trying to arrest people that go to the gym i mean it's just so so much overkill there's a slide here um where this is a gym and we've got these big old uh oh boxes covered in plastic and you've got an in, like an individual person in there with a weight bench and some dumbbells, and they're doing their exercises all isolated. I mean, it looks like a movie where they have these experiments going on in these individual yeah, areas. like bubble boys and girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know this when I saw this for the first time, I was like, you know what, this looks familiar. In that, remember when plexiglass was in high demand? Oh sure, you yeah, yeah. And and so many businesses came out and and they started putting plexiglass everywhere, plastic screening between uh, booths at the uh, restaurants and uh, around the kids' desks. Yeah, around the kids' desks and all this stuff at the at the cash <laughs> register. Yeah, and and what's funny is that there really hasn't been much like news about how ineffective these things are, but they are so obviously ineffective. We knew within the first few months that COVID did not get spread from large droplets. Yes, it can get spread from large droplets, but it was still getting spread from little tiny aerosol droplets, right. which goes around all of these all these barriers. Well, and, and it's funny because, you know, you have the masks, and they talk about, well, the masks filter out this much and this much. If you take <laughs> the mask and put it over your face and then tape it down so there's no air, mm-hmm. that's the only way <laughs> it's ever going to push through, and, out, and then you'll probably not even be able to breathe, mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. But... All, it's going to the, your the air or your breath or whatever is going to follow the path of re- least resistance, and it's going to just go blow out. <laughs> I don't understand why people don't see that or get that. Well, it's... the the um the guidance for mask wearing, of course, it went back and forth for a little while. They're saying that it wasn't effective, and then yes, it's very effective, and then people were double masking, and then you know all this stuff. And right now, we're still angry about our kids being at school and still having to wear these dang masks, yep. especially because the kids aren't wearing them properly anyway. But the masks are really not designed to handle the small, you know, aerosol when you're blowing out because the mask has to be again sealed like you're talking about, almost nearly taped around your face. Right. Because it escapes. You look at anyone who's wearing glasses and you see them fog up, well you know that <laughs> it's getting what? out. But the masks are really, they're supposed to protect you when you inhale. If you watch someone who's wearing a, a, you know, a decent mask, you'll see that that cloth, or not the cloth, but the material, gets sucked towards your mouth. Right. And that creates a bit of a seal. And you can tell that it's actually doing some job of filtering. It's the exhale that kills me because, of course, that doesn't stop it from getting out. But the whole message but still, was... Oh, go ahead. The whole message was... We're going to wear masks to protect each other. Right. Which was the total wrong messaging. Well, even when you wear your mask, when inhale, that's why I I could prove it all the time. I even have even a respirators. Mm -hmm. Some of them, if you don't have them fitted to you and don't have facial hair. Mm -hmm. um, But when you inhale, that's why you, if you're dealing with dust or you're dealing with paint, um, Mm -hmm. it, it comes down here, right? It comes, you'll see where it goes. (laughs) It's because it's coming through. It's going Mm -hmm. to the path of least resistance and Mm -hmm. it's bypassing all of that filter stuff and it's just sucking it through there. (laughs) Sorry. And so it, it's just, even if you wear the great ones, it's not that effective. You really need a respirator that's fitted for you. And without and don't have any facial hair. Well, it, yeah, and no, yeah, no facial hair. It was funny because you know we're preparing for uh, a move to a new studio. Yeah, and and we're doing some sanding, and you know that that dust is is much. I mean, those particles are way bigger than COVID. Right, way bigger. And when we got done and we took our masks off and we were kind of cleaning up, it's like you could tell. I mean, our our faces were still covered in white white powder. Yeah, yeah. we looked like you know, like Hunter Biden waking up from a bender. <laughs> it was like, I mean, it was like everywhere. Yeah. And uh, and it just and I was using you know one of those regular like surgical masks, and you yeah. were using you know a, a much like a, a painter's um, respirator. Respirator. Yeah. And and it's still, even still, at that, yeah. it still gets in. It's it does do something. The respirator does do something. Yeah. Well, yours was far better than mine. But yeah, but uh, <laughs> it um, it still allows things to get through. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but everything else that we wear, these surgical masks and stuff, 
I, I don't know, man. It, well, think about it's like wearing a tarp. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like you hardly get any air through it, even if you mm-hmm. put it up to your face and blow through it. Mm-hmm. Well, but you think about how you know people use their masks. You know, oh. uh, a friend, coach of mine, he he always described it as the the chin diaper because the masks. You know, people walk around and they're just sitting underneath right. their chin. And of course, if there's COVID or any other bacteria or whatever um, in in that mask, and you're you're moving around as much as you are, now you're just making it worse. Well, remember they tell you in the very beginning of make sure you keep your hands from your face, don't touch your face. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's all we do with these masks is we touch, <laughs> touch, touch, touch all the time. It kills me. So we go to our my daughter's on a basketball game. So and uh, these people are out there. Wearing masks because they believe fir- believe firmly that this is, they wear it because they think it's helpful, mm-hmm. and they when they sit there and yell, they pull their mask down. Hey, <laughs> go out there and cover, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, when the girl walks by, hey, they're talking. They move it down and talk. I'm like, what are you doing? That is exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. How about take it down when they're mm-hmm. not there and put it up when they do come and talk? I mean, if you're going to like, they have no <laughs> care of what. They're supposed to do if they're supposed to be wearing it. And these are like mask believers. Yeah. And what really cracks me up, I've been to the grocery store a few times and uh-huh. and, and you'll you'll see someone sneeze and they pull their mask down to sneeze. Oh hell because, yeah. Because they don't want to have that nastiness inside their mask you, that they have to wear the rest of the day. You know, I might have mentioned this before, but way back in the day, people used to it used to be a thing that they'd have their hankies. Mm-hmm. They'd have in their back pockets and they pull it yeah, out and blow right. their nose, put it back in the back pockets or sneeze <laughs> so and gross. stuff. Yeah. And then they th- said they came out and did a study. <laughs> something scientific like they had to do a study on this said that's a bad idea you're carrying all these diseases <laughs> around with you you know you're you're going to make yourself sick or is what you're going to do what the hell are we doing we might as well just strap that hanky on our face which some do mm-hmm. you know and it's achieving the same thing and yeah you're damn right when i sneeze i and if i do end up not getting my 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 mask off fast enough i'm like oh, i will re- i'll replace it mm-hmm and plus, I don't need it all damp and gross in there too. Come on, <laughs> come on. It's uh, of These course. These guys are sick. Of course, none of this stuff makes any sense. The, you know, you talk to any any doctor, they'll tell you, yeah, everyone's using their mask incorrectly. Right. Oh, but it might help a little bit. No, it's obviously it hasn't helped at all. Look at the numbers. Right. You know, it's still spreading. Early on, we we heard some studies that that said that. A lot of the folks that were um, going to hospitals or testing positive for COVID were religious mask wearers, right? And we heard that early on in the pandemic, and and it landed also to this idea that masks were really not very effective because most people were not wearing them properly. And of course, again, they're not designed in a way to handle someone protecting, you know, wearing it to protect someone else as they're breathing out because the masks obviously don't aren't designed unless they're fully sealed and tight to your face right. but and the amount of you t- the amount the amount is that yeah. i'm saying this right it's been greatly increased on how much you touch your face now with masks than you wouldn't in the first place mm-hmm. i mean if you wash your hands i'm just saying in a, in a cold and flu season you know five years ago what keep your hands washed and kept them away from your face you could probably get away with not being so sick that year you mm-hmm. know or that season or whatever. And now when they sit in during a deadly lethal pandemic, put something on your face that's going to annoy the hell out of you. So you're always sitting there moving and adjusting mm-hmm. and adjusting it. I have to touch mine. I, I would be curious to know how many times I touch it, my mm-hmm. mask all day long, just from pulling up or down. Or if I talk, it yeah. moves down or dear God, don't chew gum. <laughs> you know, it'll work its way down. But, but we, but we know, we, I mean, We've been in this for long enough. We know what's what's true and when what's you know not true, and we know some of the gray areas. But like Oregon and some other states are just now announcing that that they're going to get rid of the the mandates, the uh, mask mandates, and try and go back to some sort of normalcy. And I find it interesting that a lot of these states that are left leaning have coordinated their. Their yeah, timeline. It makes me want. I'm thinking something else is coming that I, I don't not seeing. You know, mm-hmm. like like is this? Mind you, is this how it was earlier? Remember, 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 <laughs> member Scott, um, <laughs> Mongo like candy. Sorry. So remember that there was a time that 
if you got vaccinated, you don't have to wear masks. Mm -hmm. So is it just going to be for the vaccinated, I wonder? I mean, have they pointed that out? Or is it going to be for everybody? Are they going to segregate the... They the say two. they say that the science has changed. I call BS because that's not it, we've we've known this stuff for a long time. Uh, the the uh, the communication that keeps changing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, silencing everybody that knows something. You know, yeah. Well, to keep one a certain directive. And you've gotten to the point where the science really does show that if you get vaccinated, that you can still catch it and you can still spread it. So I don't see how they can keep to their their guns in in the mandating of of vaccines and how you could separate unvaxxed with vaxxed because there's just too much data that supports that you can catch it and especially when all you need is is to be religious and then you're clean yeah isn't that something (laughs) it's like (laughs) yeah it's either i mean it's either you do you don't people it's oh i know that's funny because i couldn't makes it so bad I, i couldn't use that um that argument to not get vaccinated you know because people you know a lot of people know i, I i'm not a believer i don't have yeah, a, a religion christ still and i i could be a, a, a with found a, him a just yesterday down there on 14th and and salmon uh, and yeah in downtown portland and so the whole idea to me it's there shouldn't be a like um uh, a specific religious exemption. It should be anyone should be able to say that no, I don't believe that this is right. something I want to do. As an at least American, even if it's yeah. stupid. I mean, mm-hmm. even if we have that right, man. I, yeah. You know, I, I in fact I'll go as far as and you're gonna and I, it's okay. I, I I get it. Same with me when it comes to seatbelts and helmets <laughs> for motorcycles. I'm like. Uh. I think it's great sense. I would still wear my seatbelt mm-hmm. and a helmet when I ride a motorcycle, <laughs> regardless of the law. Mm-hmm. But it's silly to me that you made one. I want to say that I know? had this conversation with my wife recently. Is that right? Yeah, because I disagree with the seatbelt laws. Right. I don't know why we have... I want us to be... I'll tell you this. My aunt would have been killed if she didn't get out of her seatbelt in time. Mm-hmm. She had to get out of it to get saved during it. But it's that's, that's, a, that's not common, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But... My thing is, is that that should just be our choice. I think it's a great, great, great idea. Please wear your seatbelts. <laughs> yes, definitely. But really, you need us to make us do it? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. If somebody wants to explode themselves all down the highway because they don't want to wear a helmet on their motorcycles, mm-hmm. that's up to them, well, I feel, you know? Think about the arguments that they made with the masks where, you know, I'm going to wear my mask to protect you. You can't make that argument with the seatbelts. Or the helmet. I, he'll or ruin the mask. My car. If he had his helmet on, it would ruin my car a lot more than if he didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, you could, you know, apply it and you'll, you, the reality is the seatbelt is designed to, to protect you. Same with the mask. The mask is really designed to, for you to be kind of protected from, you know, whatever is floating around well, out you there. Don't, it's just less people that clogging up the hospitals and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and Yeah, and that argument has been made in, in COVID. And I, my my position with that is, Anytime there's increased demand, then what do you do? Well, you go find more people who can right. then um, take care of the demand. You don't fire people because they they don't qualify with uh, the the uh, vaccine, you know? Or, or yeah, yeah, because a lot of a lot of first line you know healthcare and first responders those folks refuse to to get vaccinated because you know in many cases they've already caught it and they've recovered. They're not afraid of it, and they have a skill that's in demand. Why would you artificially reduce the number of people who can effect, and effectively out there address with, it? And there's people out there that want to do those jobs. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why not? I mean, why not encourage people to get into medicine and 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 maybe even incentivize them a little bit? Well, if they're if they're um, you know not allowing you to get you know heart transplants and stuff because you're not vaccinated maybe you know there's less demand for oh sure they artificially reduce the demand yep. <laughs> that's what they're doing that's true yeah damn these I people know. are just out of control yeah. with control well so thinking about our future i know we we kind of touched on this once before when we thought that when the masks came, came off that the pandemic was kind of over and then we got a, a second wave of of control uh implemented I'm feeling like we're in that same spot again where there's this glimmer of hope that they're going to get rid of these things. What do you think we should be looking at as lessons learned 
as we kind of move into this, you know, next, hopefully more free. Um, I tell you, I, I, I think that the, the people of our country, of the world, mm-hmm. it needs to not be so tolerant to the government's um, panic. I mean, we just jumped on in with every single thing they said and bypassed all these other people with amazing credentials, uh, very, very smart people to listen to what the government says. Mm-hmm. And, and those other people, we might have even talked about it, are there, they get, uh, um, I think it was on our, the one we were talking about with Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. you know, they get banned, they get, uh, what's the word? Canceled. Canceled. Mm-hmm. And um, we need to listen to them and not allow it to happen because we've lost our First Amendment it's not the same. I don't mm-hmm. think it ever will be the same it, with cancel culture, with fact checkers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you, when I try to say something or, or post something on, and let's just say Facebook, for example, and it, I'm not allowed to because it, 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 it might be off of truth. Well, half the stuff I say is just <laughs> silly and stupid on purpose. Of course <laughs> it's off, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, again, that's to me the same thing as the seatbelt and the helmet laws. We're allowed to say whatever we want, mm-hmm. you know. Sure, there's other consequences that come with the things you say. Um, just like it could be something positive could come with, with what you say, but it, you, you should not be, uh, you know, um, you shouldn't be silenced, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. We have a freaking constitution. I really wish that people would. Everything that happens, at least in the United States. I don't care if it's pandemic or, or, or what it is, uh, even wars or not, it has to be based around our constitution. We don't get to set it aside for this action or this is going on, so we'll get back to the constitution later. It, everything has to be filtered through that. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why it's there, and we're just getting it stripped away. We're giving it away. Well, I think with the trucker um, protests, it's... I think maybe brought a little bit more light. I'm a little jealous. It. Yeah. I wish that was an American thing. But um, I, I agree with you about, you know, our free speech is, is getting squashed. Um, we've got a society of people who want to just silence people instead of um, encouraging dialogue. Right. Uh, do you think anything has changed with people's trust in institutions like the CDC? Or I will tell you, it just depends on who you are. I think that you know, the CDC, what didn't, you didn't hear much about them before COVID, mm-hmm. but they were doing a good service. So we, at least that we know of well, we before. Thought, mm-hmm. And now it's, whoa, wait a minute. Now we're really thinking hard about if, if they say something, well, they botched this up really good. So why would we trust them now? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've really screwed themselves on that. So I think that they've done a good service and I think they still could do a good service, but I think that there's just something else going on why they would literally um, choose to ignore the science and then say that something else is science and follow it. It's just unbelievable to me. So I, I don't know if they can bounce back um, from mm-hmm. that, but I, I don't know. There's a lot of people that trust them wholeheartedly. So, mm-hmm. but a lot, a lot of people are woken up to what, um, what institutions like that can do to us and take our freedoms and, the, and, and why, why do they get to take away everything? I think they've become political arms of, of the government. Yeah. And I think people have seen through it. We, we live in a world with tons of information available and sound clips and, and video clips. And you can always look back and see when they said one thing that's contradicted by another thing. And, you know, the argument is always, you know, science changes. Well, yeah, I mean, as we're learning more, but what they were doing was not about the science. They were still trying to maintain the the political side of it and every well, they time they come on the information too mm-hmm. and that's the part of the problem is, is i don't think the science had necessarily changed on all this stuff i'm not saying it can't but because this was talked about so much of this stuff that's coming quote true now has already been talked about in the get-go but it was suppressed and that's not this that's this that's why they were tri- tripping over their own statements mm-hmm. because they're saying what was it fauci says no nah, masks don't work yeah, you wear too, you know? I mean, they were trying to tell us that, you know, to take our shoes off there for a little bit when you come home because you're going to have COVID on the bottom of your shoes even. Mm-hmm. It's, I tell you, I think so much of it was was made to just 
put scare into you to take so they could have control over yeah, and I think that's all where, aspects of your life. I think that's where that political piece comes in. None yeah. of those organizations should be political. No. They should be based on on the scientific studies that have been Here's backed some by information. Yeah, that have been backed by other, you know, peer reviewed um, you know, studies. That is where they should be coming out. They should be far more trusted, of course, than they are today because of how they, like this Johns Hopkins uh, study that came out where it was addressing, you know, they were kind of gathering all these other studies and bringing them into one place so that we can understand a bit better. That's what these these organizations should be doing is is grabbing the science because most people are not going to, to do that themselves, but grab that, formulate it, and then be able to communicate it in an, in an effective way, not to dictate policy, you know, across the board, but rather to give people information that is valuable well, so that people can make their own right. decisions. Well, you watch, I wouldn't, I, I don't, I'm not saying they will, but it would not shock me if they're trying to discredit them now, John Hop, oh, mm-hmm. because it's not what they want to hear. And why don't they want to hear it? Why don't they want to hear the good mm-hmm. news? You know, that's another question is why wouldn't the administration want to hear all this good stuff that comes out so they could share it with everybody so people could lighten up and not be so scared and and to maybe get back to the real normal. And it's crazy why they don't want to be the, you know, the lighter of the path, the, to light the path of, of their country. They're so committed to the narrative that they've created. Right. And the Biden administration now is coming out and starting to brag about they've been able to kick COVID and, and do all these things that they've been able to conquer COVID. And of course, it's BS. Uh, well, yeah, because you know. remember, remember this, though. That's what I mean by tripping all over their stuff. In the beginning, ah, I'm never going to take that vaccination, that oh, vaccine, because yeah. Trump was involved in it. Mm-hmm. Guess what, fools? This is the same one Trump was involved <laughs> with, and they're shooting it up. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just, it was so bad when it was, the other administration was pushing it. Now they're pushing it, and it is it is like, you know, the blood of Christ, you know? It's going to save everything, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So it, it it just hearing those things is enough that it, you would think that it would make everybody question it mm-hmm. at least not just dive into i believe everything you say you know i'll do whatever you want me to do but that's what that's where so many are mm-hmm. well in oregon they're gonna i guess in march they're gonna drop the mask mandates i think in the end of march in schools are gonna drop all those mandates and in, in public spaces so um i think that they're still gonna have some restrictions in like hospitals but i'm not positive about that but even even with that, why are we waiting until March? Thank you. I was like, why not now? Yeah, because we're, at the time of recording, we are in the middle of February. Why are we waiting until the end of March to implement that? We've already seen the the, the Omicron variant numbers um, spike and start coming back down. Of course, they claim that the spikes in the, in, you know, the changes, the, the valleys of, of COVID are directly related to their their mandates, obviously not. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, the reality is that's why, is that, that's why they're dropping the masks too. Yeah, we, the reality is we see these spikes and then we see them drop, and then we see the spikes and we see them drop, depending on um, some different circumstances. And why is it that we're just going to wait until the end of of March? Why aren't we implementing that now? Because we already know the science, and you know, part of actually, I did read an article. And they said something about, oh, well, we want to give time to the businesses to make adjustments and create policies, as if they're going to encourage the businesses to create their own policies. I guarantee you, if we start getting businesses that enforce mask mandates, those businesses are going to start to go away because people don't want them anymore. Nope. And the science is now available to show that mask wearing is not terribly effective. That when you walk into a building and, you know, you're vaccinated, you can still catch it and still transmit it. Companies or mom and pop shops or whatever businesses, if they start implementing these things, I my guess is that a lot of those are going to suffer. And there might be some small, you know, uh, minority shops where that's where all the lefties are going to go to shop because they can feel confident that everyone's vaccinated and, you know, everyone's going to wear a mask or yeah. whatever. But in general, I think most people want to avoid it. Now, we were yeah. talking earlier Who about... really wants to walk around wearing them? The, you're, we were talking earlier about the panic, and when people you know, are scared of something, they start doing things that are illogical. Uh, my guess is that some people are still going to wear a mask because they're still scared. 
And that is hard to get rid of, especially, unfortunately, especially our kids that have been brainwashed into thinking that That's right. this is a necessity. But I, my hope is that businesses will open up and they're not going to have signs on their door saying, you know, six foot distances or must wear a mask or must be vaccinated. I think all that stuff needs to go away. Yep. And my guess is that if it does, and these companies that also get rid of them, they're going to, they're going to flourish again. I think I our agree. economy is going to bounce back. That's why I still refuse to put one on when I go watch my daughter play basketball mm-hmm. and because there's no law. Don't make me, you're not going to make me wear it. And how about this? Feel great. You're, you guys have a mask on. So you're safe. Yeah. <laughs> you're safe from this douchebag. Yeah. I got to clean it up, I guess. But, you know, so, so why, why so concerned, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, if you look around, I'm going to be really nice and say 50% of them aren't even wearing them right. Yeah, go get them as they pulled them down, <laughs> but they'll put it right back up. Cause, mm-hmm, yeah. and, and, then, and then they're also, when they're yelling, they're actually projecting it maybe further too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and these are mask believers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. What do you say? Wrap it up. All right. Uh, thanks again for watching the show. We appreciate that. If you don't mind, if you're catching us on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, write some comments. We'll interact with you on, on, in the uh, comment section. Yeah. And you can find more information on our website. Never2Series.com. Send us some show topics via email if you want. Yeah, mailbag at Never2Series.com. There you go. So until we see you next time, take care. And be safe.